0: Hi, welcome to Scattered. We're a group of friends from the same church who are serving God in different countries, and we're meeting online to chat through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. We'd love you to join us.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Scattered. Uh, I'm here with Jill and Mary and Juliet uh, today to look at chapter 45 of Genesis. So, 20 years ago, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because uh, he was his father's favorite and they hated him for it. Uh, He ends up in prison where he interprets a couple of dreams, a couple of Pharaoh's workers. And that eventually leads to him interpreting Pharaoh's dreams and then being put in charge of the whole of Egypt. And just at the end of um, chapter 44, the brothers have demonstrated true repentance and have demonstrated that they've really, really changed. So, ladies, what happens in chapter 45
2: yeah so chapter 45 is the big moment where joseph reveals who he is to his brothers he gets everyone to leave everyone else to leave and there's this big emotional reunion everyone's crying especially joseph he wants to see his dad so he asks if his dad is still alive and they say yes and so he sends them off back to canaan to get their dad Um, and he sends them back with a ton of gifts on carts pulled by donkeys and with lots of donkeys as gifts and they go off to fetch jacob and give him the the good news Um, and Jacob obviously is super super happy to hear that his beloved son is alive Um, and at first he doesn't believe them and then he does and he's super excited and he's gonna he says at the end my son Joseph is still alive I will go and see him before I die.
1: What do you guys think about the different reactions to the Joseph sort of unveiling as the brother who survived?
3: It's quite incredible that he has such compassion on his brothers and we've seen that in previous chapters where he's had to leave the room and and weep but here he just can't after judah's speech his response to that is just to weep so that the whole of vera's households hears him crying
2: why do you think he's crying so much guys like what's going on there he is crying a lot right
0: i guess there's been 22 years by now hasn't there of really hard emotion for joseph and he's trusted god is going to work this out for good and this is the almost the the end point of that isn't it where it's all coming together and actually it's not just that god's elevated him to a place (laughs) of great um prominence in egypt but god's changed his brother's hearts too and he can actually see that god's in the business not just of saving the world but of changing and saving his family which was so dysfunctional and that's emotional, isn't it? Like, I, I totally feel that totes emotion, um tears, because it's, it's almost, you it can't, I just think you can't believe that God's bringing everything together for good. You know, he's got his head around, God's promoted him to the highest place, but to actually change his brothers, and that, then there to be a chance of him seeing his dad again, that, that's massive, isn't it?
2: Do you think also it was quite painful for Joseph to tell his brothers who he was, because I don't know whether you know when you cry sometimes it's not just for one reason, and i wonder also I wondered also whether he's also crying because of all the pain of the last yeah twenty two years and suddenly see like you know actually saying to them, "It's me, and you did this to me, and yet God allowed it. Like that must have been really painful. Just both of those things—the fact that his brothers did it to him, and also that God allowed it—but actually, it's for good. Like, I just feel like I would cry because of that pain.
0: Yeah, I I agree that there was pain involved. But I was really struck by the first verses, where he sends everybody out of the room, and to protect his brothers almost, because he doesn't want all of Egypt to know what they did. And yeah, I was thinking about this past this section in a sort of a reconciliation mindset and just how amazing it is that he cares about his brother's reputation so he knows what they've done and he's prepared to speak that out and for that to be honest dialogue between them but he protects them from the rest of Egypt knowing um -hmm. I, I find that challenging because when yeah when somebody wrongs me the natural instinct is to tell as many people as you can isn't it how badly you've been wronged but actually that's that's going to be a barrier to reconciliation, isn't it?
3: Because you can also see, you know, in the way his brothers respond to his revelation of who he is to them, that they were dismayed at his presence, which I think the word for dim- dismayed is like a deep sense of fear and is only mentioned once again when I think King Saul saw Samuel from the dead. So he was. it's this deep sense of fear that they had, like seeing someone from the dead and then Joseph responds straight away come near to me and that you know reinforces the sense of wanting to have compassion on his brothers rather than wanting to shame them I guess.
1: What had, what had God promised to Joseph actually what he'd promised him was that his brothers would bow down before him the dreams didn't particularly as far as I'm aware Point towards reconciliation with the family, the redemption of his brothers, any of that. Um, and that's like, that's the the grace upon the grace, isn't it? Yes, this has happened. You know, your brothers have bowed before you, but I'm also bringing you to a place of restoration and reconciliation. And I'm elevating you all to be some of the most, you know, to be rich, to be in a place of plenty, because Goshen. Where they end up was the place on the east bank of the Nile, which has a lot of water, really good for growing. It's the grace upon grace. And I guess some of the emotion may well be that as well. You know, Joseph just being overwhelmed with the grace upon grace that God has lavished on him.
0: I was struck as well by the way that he helps them understand it through the lens of this is God's doing. <clears throat> so he doesn't hide from the fact that you did this to me. But he, he, he says that once and then he says, I think it's four times, but it was God at work. And I think if the brothers had said, oh, God's done a good thing, hasn't he? Then that would have been the wrong response from them, wouldn't it? Because they would have been minimising their sin, which they are responsible for. But actually Joseph, in saying to them, whilst you did this, God had a greater purpose, is helping them, isn't he? Come to terms with, yeah, I see that you're sorry, And it's okay. we can be reconciled because God was at work through that horrible situation. Do we see God as the primary cause of our troubles? Do we get fixated on the human cause, which then stops us being reconciled, doesn't it? And stops us extending forgiveness to people.
2: Just thinking about the brother's reaction. It's interesting, isn't it, that Joseph says, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here when you think about when you've you know when you've realized what you've done and you really come face to face with the results of what you've done it's easy isn't it to turn on yourself and you know you see it in your children don't you you know i hate myself i hate myself i guess there's a sense isn't there when we realize our sin that we should hate the sin and be ashamed but also actually i think the flip side of it that joseph wants them to do is to see god and to see his provision and forgiveness and love for them like through joseph in this situation like it's so easy isn't it to to be like "Oh, i hate myself when you do something wrong but actually the seriousness of sin is like met by the grace and uh ability to save us of god um and it's holding those two in contention isn't it
1: Yeah, and not fearing the grace. I thought the brother's reaction was really interesting here. You know, that Joseph, who presumably his name had never been mentioned by the brothers to this Egyptian official, says, I am Joseph. And not only that, he says it in Hebrew, a language that they didn't know that he knew. He's like, I am Joseph. He's saying it in their language. You know, when you think about it, Joseph identifying himself shows the brother's you didn't kill me. You look at where I am. The brothers shrink from. You know, when you think about it, it's a it's a kindness, isn't it? Like it's it's okay. I'm Joseph. I'm alive. Look at where I am. Look at what God did, despite what you tried to do to me. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like yeah, like you said, Mary. You know, you can hold yourself back from the the grace that you're being met with, or the. But it's the it's the not being willing to completely in, embrace and enjoy and rest in that grace that has been shown to you in that sin because oh I I'm too bad that you know that grace isn't enough I think that that temp that temptation is there. I guess during Joseph's
3: time they had no um, payment for their sin so in a way like justice hadn't been done which is different to what we have in terms of We know that our sins price has been paid and not just our sin, but Judas sin and the rest of the brothers sin, their price, and the price for their sin was paid by Jesus on the cross. And I guess we can have even more confidence than the brothers have to approach our God and more confidence in our own weakness to, know that um when he says come to us we can come to him
2: yeah there's those two kind of things in this passage aren't there like how do we react when we are forgiven and how do we react when we are sinned against like you see um joseph's you know forgiveness and grace um which must have been really hard for him and then the brothers having to receive that must have been hard as well because yeah they must have just not even been hardly able to believe it I mean it says they were not able to answer him in verse three they must have been so
0: um, terrified at this massive revelation must have been such a shock yeah and I guess he shows his love for them doesn't he through the tears through the kissing of them and I guess we see God's love for us at the cross don't we and we've got that's where we've got to look long and hard when we're having those wrestles with our sin and those strong voices I guess we've got to let the voice of jesus be louder and stronger don't we into those hard spaces
2: Mm. and thinking about reactions of people in this passage isn't it amazing like pharaoh's reaction in verse 16 um pharaoh and all his officials were pleased i think that really speaks of how good his relationship with joseph was and how much he trusted and liked joseph to the extent that he sends a load of stuff with the brother's back, like it's Pharaoh who suggests you know load your animals and return to the land of Canaan, take all this stuff with them and with with you. I'll give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you can enjoy the fat of the land like that's Pharaoh speaking, you know the the king of Egypt but like one the most, probably one of the most powerful men in the world at that point
1: the do not quarrel on the way comment is interesting isn't it you know I've given all this stuff to Benjamin and we've reached this really amazing place now don't screw it up <laughs>
0: yeah yeah he knows them doesn't he he's like no don't forget come on now boys yeah because you can
2: imagine can't you all the way back to Canaan they'd be like well you know I wasn't so responsible because they've got to go and have to tell their dad now right So even though it's a happy day for them, it's also like, well, Joseph's alive. And uh, yeah, we sold him. Like you could just imagine the kind of feeling of, okay, who's going to tell him?
0: (laughs) You tell him. It really struck me, doesn't it? Like restoration's hard, isn't it? Like that, you know, like there's a lot of joy here, but they've still got a really hard thing to do to go back and tell their dad. Like there is, sin does have consequences, doesn't it? And so... It's not like if there's going to be restoration, there can just be a forget about it. They've got to have that really hard chat with their dad. Mm.
1: And how does, how does Jacob react? What's his reaction to the brothers coming back and telling him that Joseph is alive?
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? In verse 26, that um, it says his heart became numb because he didn't believe them. And so initially there was this sort of he couldn't feel anything because he just couldn't believe it. But then it says, doesn't it, once they told him all the words of Joseph. So mm. they need to recount to him the entire story of what's happened, what's happened to Joseph in these, this time, what they did, all those things. And once they recount to him the whole story. And then it says, and when he saw the, he wagon saw the wagons Joseph had sent. Those were the two things that helped him, weren't they? Yeah, I I was struck by that, that often when we're telling people the good news, It takes a long time, doesn't it? You've got to be able to take time with people, not just to give them the bullet points of Jesus died and rose again for your sin, but actually explaining to people the whole story takes time for them to be able to believe. And to move from doubt to faith is a journey for people, isn't it? I think it was the donkeys that swung it.
2: 10 male donkeys and 10 female donkeys. A very important theme of the book of. Genesis
1: donkeys so ladies next time we need to convince Mary of something we need to get hold of some donkeys (laughs) (laughs) I do actually have a really
2: soft spot for donkeys
1: (laughs) but never give her a cloak (laughs) not a cloak
0: Joseph sent the wagons didn't he as the means to get Jacob back to him and yeah like Juliet said often we're the means aren't we in people's lives to help bring them to Jesus so Mm -hmm. um yeah i guess once he saw oh he sent all this provision to enable me to get to him because he's an old man isn't he He can't get there himself he's not able to make the journey to egypt even on a donkey mary i think it takes a posh egyptian wagon for him to have the confidence that oh okay i can go and um joseph has made that possible for him hasn't he Mm. so in this chapter
1: and throughout all that stuff that we've just talked about, how are we seeing some of the themes that we talked about a few weeks ago being um, continued in this chapter?
2: We talked about God's sovereignty being a big theme in Joseph's story. I was kind of chewing through how it comes to a head in this chapter. In verse 5, Joseph says, "Do not be distressed and not, do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you." And I was just, like, really chewing through, like, how the sovereignty of God is revealed here, because it says, doesn't it, it, Joseph says himself, God sent me ahead of you. But then also there's the responsibility of the brothers who sold him. I just thought that was an interesting interplay. Um, I think there's a tension in the Bible, isn't there, between what God does to allow things to happen, um, but also human responsibility Um, And I just think this is a really clear picture of that. It's both, isn't it, at the same time? And it doesn't quite always tie up nicely in my head, but it's here, isn't it? So it's true.
0: Yeah, and I guess in the chapter last week, we saw their guilt and, you know, Judas' speech, that sort of pinnacle of we've done wrong here and God's found us out. And yet here, this chapter focuses slightly more, doesn't it, on what God did through this. But yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it, that, that guilt and... Um, honest contrition from Judah then allows Jacob Joseph to say all those great things that he says in this chapter
1: God's sovereignty is the heart of this whole story I mean it's at the heart of the Bible you can see it clearly in the story of Joseph's life Um, and without the sovereignty of God and God being in control of everything the rest of what occurred in Joseph's family wouldn't have happened you know restoration was only possible because of God's control all over the situation you know the brothers could never reverse the wickedness of what they did as they realized that God was in control and God was disciplining them for that great sin that they did the realization that that God can bring good out of evil was the thing that paved the way for restoration in relationship you know, what was humanly impossible to achieve, because without God's intervention, there is no way that Joseph would have ended up being in charge of Egypt. Without God's intervention, restoration would have been humanly impossible to achieve. But God brought it about in his own time and his own way. Part of our massive wrestle with God's sovereignty is we want to be in control. We want to know, we want to think that what we would choose to do and say would be best. The reality is, it would not.
3: Yeah, I was so struck by that. That in his speech to his brothers or in his conversation with his brothers, the majority of it was all about God and not about, like, oh, this is how I got out of this circumstance and this is what I did here. And I interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and I interpreted the cupbearer's dreams. He didn't. He wasn't like, I, 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 this is what I did. But through it all, he was like, this is what God has sovereignly done and saw God's hand
1: in all of it. Any other themes that we see being uh, moved on
0: or resolved here? The theme of Joseph as a Jesus figure, is that an acceptable theme to talk about, Helen?
1: Please do.
0: (laughs) So um, when I was reading up on this, I I thought um, I went to John... 17 verse 24. And um, I just thought it's such a beautiful summary of um, Joseph's desire in this chapter where Jesus is praying and says, Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you have given me from because you love me before the creation of the world. And just How amazing that verse is at drawing together the themes that we've seen in Joseph of Joseph was the chosen one, wasn't he? The glory that he has now is given to him. It's not anything that he's earned, but it's given to him by God. And yet he desires to bring those he loves to to him to share in that. And like, it's amazing that Joseph does that, doesn't it, for his brothers, but so much more amazing that that's what Jesus wants for us. And Jesus loves us that way and wants to bring us to where he is so that we can see his glory.
2: And there's this essence of like, I love it in verse 20, it says, never mind about your belongings because the best of all Egypt will be yours. That's what um, Pharaoh says. And you just kind of think, don't you? Like, that's so true of us. Like, never mind about what you've got here. It's so much better. uh, What is on offer to you? Like, just leave it.
0: Um, and come to me. And you see that wrestle in Jacob, don't you? Because Jacob's an old man who's acquired what he's acquired in Canaan. And it's hard for him to go at some level, but yeah, um, what is waiting for us is so much better, isn't it?
3: And it's interesting. I, I read about the land of Goshen and how it was a piece of land that was surrounded by famine. And how at the end of Genesis, we have Goshen and at the start of Genesis we have the Garden of Eden which is a land that is beautifully cultivated amongst uncultivated land and how it's almost like obviously Goshen wasn't the end point he pointed to the promised land um, after Goshen and then for us the promised land is not the end point he points to heaven as the new heavens and the new earth. And I think it's beautiful how we've talked about so many themes of reconciliation, of um, grace, and like God's grace to us is so lavish that he gives us the best <laughs> of what we don't even deserve.
0: But that's a really beautiful mm-hmm. picture that you were describing, Julia, isn't it? Of the, the journey of faith is not to be settled where we are, but to keep our eyes fixed on what God's Um, promising in the future and it's hard isn't it like you ladies are are living that in a different way to me because you're you're in a different place than than would be home but um yeah i just think that's the call isn't it for all christians to have not let our hearts settle where we are but keep them filled with the the glory that's to come
1: i think that we can keep our eyes fixed on those promises that god has given to us and look To the future that is promised to us, and even in this chapter, throughout the whole Bible, we can see that there is promise after promise after promise that is fulfilled. Back in earlier, back in Genesis, Abraham is given the um, the covenant by God, and in verse in chapter fifteen, verses thirteen to sixteen, God says to Abraham know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. And this story of Joseph is, is a continuation of that promise. And we can see, yes, that promise is coming true. But then also, we know, don't we, verse 14 of uh, chapter 15 in Genesis says, but I will bring judgment on the nation and that they serve, and afterwards they shall come out with great possessions. <laughs> There's just one example of how God always keeps his promises. God has promised to the people of God that they will be regenerated and restored. He, he does that over and over again. There's, you know Every time that the people of God are attacked, um, be that physically, spiritually, in any way, there is always a remnant that survives. Um, Noah survived, Lot survived. The remnant is a reminder to the people of God that God will never abandon his people, his people will always be regenerated and restored. We've seen him keep that promise over and over and over again. And so we can look to the promises that are given to us, knowing that God will fulfill that promise. We will be in that land of plenty and lushness of goodness and of never ending joy because all of God's promises to us are fulfilled in Jesus Christ.
2: And therefore, when it's hard to forgive because we want to either brush something under the carpet or take revenge or be angry um we can draw strength can't we from that those promises and like when we're in the middle of suffering and we can't see a way out we can draw strength from those promises like it's it's now isn't it we have this hope this other place that we're looking forward to this place of abundance um and we can yeah these promises aren't just kind of vague things are they kind of wishy-washy in our head they're like real solid things for us to hope on
1: yeah hmm. yeah thanks guys uh that's all for this week and uh, we will see you again for chapter 46 next week bye bye, bye. bye.